Holy crap. We made it. I'm Drew here with Ashley and Derek, and we just got back from July 13th, 1984. The past. How y'all doing? Uh, that was a close one back there. Hell yeah, it was. So that was a crazy trip. We got roped into a near-death scooter space battle again. But <laughs> before we get into any of that, Ashley, can you explain what we do here on New Release 1984? Sure. So each week we travel back in time to the best year ever, some would say, to watch whatever movie just hit theaters. Let's do it. <laughs> Alex Rogan has a dream to go to college, start a career. <laughs> then one night, a mysterious stranger offers Alex an opportunity he never dreamed of. Dun, Nothing dun, Alex dun. Rogan has ever imagined could prepare him for what he is about to experience. Why was Alex chosen? And will he ever return? Where are we going? Trust me. Oh, you're gonna love it. Love it. Look out! Oh, dear. The last star. His adventure in space is about to begin. So if you couldn't guess it, uh, we watched The Last Starfighter, rated PG. Any taglines for this space opera? There's a few, but I'll pick my favorite. He didn't find his dreams. His dreams found him. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> they sure did. Um, so let me describe the poster real quick to go along with that tagline. Um, we've got a boy appears to be in his late 30s staring up at a... Um, planet with a ring around it holding a bunch of space gear it's it's pretty epic it's dreamy it's spacey it's got you know all the all the hues and and beautiful aurora colors um it's it's awe-inspiring so i uh it, i think his dreams are gonna come true hmm. as far as other alternate taglines go i before having seen the movie came up with uh never get in flying cars with strangers. But that's that's not really a good one because it turns out that he didn't know it was going to be flying or going 303 miles per hour on the, the windy roads. Anyway, um, you know how we watched this movie. We traveled back in time on our space scooters. Derek, what was up with you shooting uh, laser beams at those aliens on the, uh, on the, you know, our friendly neighborhood scooter travelers. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I was a bit discombobulated by the travel and I thought that we were just in a game of asteroids, but you know, you didn't tell us you were going to pack your laser blasters. I thought that was the prerequisite for traveling back for this one. I, I, I brought like a prop gun, but I didn't know you were bringing an actual, locked and charged laser gun so he was just trying to keep us safe so yeah well, thank you I, thank you derek you saved us but there might have been a few other casualties mm -hmm. um if you are not up for that kind of adventure you can rent the movie on prime or apple tv or any other streaming rental service and vhs copies for this semi-cult hit are about ten dollars shipped on ebay ashley before we get into the main discussion, why don't you give us a 15 second recap? Uh, okay, ready, go. So Alex plays video games 
all the time because there's nothing else to do in this trailer park. And the main game is called The Last Starfighter. Mm-hmm. It's really a recruitment tool, which he beats and then gets recruited by Centauri to fight Zer and his men in an intergalactic mission. Time's up. Explain to me. Game over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we got Centauri, who is like the head of the good guy. Well, he's a recruiter, but he often like uses his own methods to find people. Mm -hmm. Um, Gems, hidden gems, diamonds in the rough. Yeah. So he finds Alex using this. The easiest way to recruit people for intergalactic battle is to create an elaborate video game arcade console and then distribute it across earth into random <laughs> I, we already had addressed that it was accidentally put at this remote trailer park but nevertheless it perfect it found the perfect person to uh <laughs> for them to recruit and centauri was validated in his unorthodox methods so um i don't know just overall did you find the plot easy to follow ashley yeah extremely easy <laughs> as explained in 10 seconds yeah it was like he was playing the video game from the start he set a he set a record that was really cool Mm -hmm. everyone everyone's so pumped about it yeah yeah dogs cats um (laughs) kids (laughs) everyone in the trailer park gathers around um and watches him set a record and then soon after his life changes his dreams find him (laughs) <laughs> Ashley, did you have any uh, backstory with this movie or, you know, backstory with arcade consoles, video games in, in general? Uh, not with this movie at all, but I you remember hadn't growing seen up. It? No, I'd never seen it before. Yeah. And we also brought a couple of people with us on our intergalactic travels while Derek was shooting off guns. And right. He was, he was probably showing off, actually. Oh, yeah. For all the late, all the single ladies. Yeah. Um, and they had never seen it either. So everyone's single in space. <laughs> is that a thing? Okay, sure. Um, so my backstory is uh, when we had a computer growing up, really old school computer, the first game we had was that tricolor Wheel of Fortune. Do you remember playing that? I do. Yeah, it was on like five and a quarter floppy disk, probably. Yep, sure was. So we played that and then kind of morphed more into like going towards like Warcraft and Star Fox. And then when I got to college, I played a little bit of World of Warcraft for a couple of years. Nobody plays a little. Okay. <laughs> you said I a dabble. little bit for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> That's when you uh, briefly failed out. No. Oh, wait. That was me. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I never failed out of college. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, what sucked you into WoW? So my boyfriend at the time in college played it. And I was like, oh, I'll just check it out for a little bit. And then I got hooked and I was playing like in between classes and just basically all the time. But I didn't have to pay for it. So then when we broke up, I was like, I'm not going to pay for it. And that ended my WoW career. What's what's crazy is like, that makes perfect sense. People get uh, uh, hooked on immersive, like story-based long form games all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the whole, the whole point of that game is just, just to like, keep building character points or whatever whatever they're called and and play for a long time but yeah if it was just an arcade game that you're trying to get like a high score in have you ever become like really uh dedicated to getting the highest score in an arcade style game no that never really drew me in i was always more like the expansion pack like oh it's a new level 
And for anyone wondering, I was a blood elf hunter, just to throw that out. Oh, <laughs> nice. Beric, have you played well? I sure did. Yeah. I oh. was a dark priest named Mary Kane. Nice. Mm. Drew, can you? Uh, nope. <laughs> I uh, was an orc. Mm. That's one, right? Um, it's in Warcraft. I, I did play oh, Warcraft. Yeah, yeah, no, an orc is a character. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but. Mm, I did play Warcraft and 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 uh, Starcraft on PC. So, um, You're in. and then arcade wise, I was trying to think like back when we used to go to Virginia Center Commons, and uh, the arcade was right by the Sparrows Pizza place. Is that mm -hmm. what it's called? Yeah, Sparrows. Sparrows. Um, S B A R R O. Yeah. So we would get a few a few slices and then get our greasy paws all over the uh <laughs> all over the the video games i think i played uh like fighting games mostly mm -hmm. this was like our age when we were at arcades it had evolved beyond um sort of the the type of games you see in 80s movies and more into like 3d fighting games the big uh, console driving games like Cruising USA that took like a million quarters for for a couple minute game, um, and then we'll talk more later about like the the DDR revolution, the DDRR <laughs> um, that is kind of like really swept through arcades. Um, what I'm really interested to hear though is from uh, I had not seen this movie by the way, but <laughs> one person among amongst us um the the overzealous space blaster boy um had <laughs> seen this movie and that might have contributed to his uh antics so derek what was your history with the last starfighter uh i realized that the last starfighter is not the movie that i thought it was <laughs> oh no <laughs> wait what <laughs> so the navigator which came out in the best year ever 1986 oh you're oh, no, 87 <laughs> is the one that i actually thought this was um, so what's the plot of that it is it's it's very complicated i don't remember it being this complicated but a kid like disappears for like eight years and he just randomly shows back up and then he finds a spaceship in the woods and like figures out what happened over the last eight years and he was just being um experimented on by nasa hmm. it, oh. it, it's very Whoa. weird but it's it's such an awesome journey uh between this like um sentient spaceship and this kid it's really cool um, that does sound a little <laughs> more interesting than, than it, this movie it is yeah, more interesting great. i've got to admit well yeah. in what year did you, oh you already you said it came 86. out a couple years later i would say yeah. just from that description the things the advantages it has are um, being more character based, <laughs> like you were probably invested in the kid's journey more yeah. than Alex's journey in this movie. Yeah. Right. I've seen the navigator 15 times. We actually, yeah, and you watched, um, you brought some friends along to the theater and none of them had seen it. No. So this is kind of crazy. Like the only, I mean, you've done you've done some of the research uh and so before we get to that did you uncover whether this has a cult following or not i did not uncover that okay um, and, but but in my but in my articles it didn't say anything about like there being like a huge cult following or any type of so i'm gonna just base all of this on one anecdotal piece of evidence um somebody i work with who's probably 10 years older than me would have been like 
either a kid or a teen when this when this movie came out and this movie is like his his favorite nostalgia movie so maybe he was like closer in age to well not to the actual actor playing alex but the the you know character that was supposed to uh, be like transitioning from high school to college and then going off to pursue his dreams. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, it's it's either that or just the effects in this movie were really unique at the time. And I thought it had somewhat of a, of a, a following, but you know, obviously not as widespread as some of the other movies we watched. Mm-hmm. Um, no, to me it's, it had a lot. I really liked it. I don't know if we're going to talk about that later. Yeah, um, okay. we will. All right. Before we um yeah we'll talk about like our favorite our favorite or least favorite thing from the movie in in a, in a second actually um while we're still kind of on the topic of arcade games and stuff I know you sent out a few poll questions mm-hmm. did um we get any interesting results from that so we had some versus um, arcade game scenarios so we had uh, Big Buck Hunter versus Dance Dance Revolution mm. and Big Buck Hunter destroyed Dance Dance Revolution really. I'm yeah, not surprised 70, by that. 75%. Well, so that's the ultimate, that's the evolution of the gun game from hunting ducks to hunting bucks. Um, <laughs> nice. And did have any of y'all played much Buck Hunter? Yeah, I've actually never played DDR and I've only played. DDR is intimidating. I mean, it I'm, is. I'm not known for my dancing. <laughs> um, is that fair to say? Yeah. <laughs> Derek? <laughs> no, yes. Too. Yes. That um, is unfortunately, my friend um also named Alex uh just left. He was visiting Portland and he uh is known for his dancing. But I don't I don't know if he played much DDR. So Buck Hunters over dancers in your mm-hmm. in our audience. Uh what was the other and the, matchup? And then we had Mortal Kombat versus Cruise in USA. Mm. And Cruise in USA won. Whoa. Sounds like you voted for Mortal Kombat. I didn't even vote because I didn't want to sway the poll. <laughs> I voted but twice. I should have. Yeah. <laughs> Mortal Kombat? Nope. <laughs> oh, well then, way to go. But I, I thought Mortal Kombat would have won. But. I, I don't know why I picked Cruise in USA, actually. Um, did you even play it? Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. No, oh. I did. I, I had like a home version at one point, too, I think. Maybe not. Maybe they never made one. Um, <laughs> okay so, but i know i definitely played it in the arcade it was like kind of the brand name premium uh driving game for several years seemed like um derek you got excited when we brought cruising usa up the other day oh hell yeah man i yeah. used to play that in the arcade all the time i forget what the premise is behind the game except you have like a red convertible and you're just, just like cruising through usa I think you switch states. The yeah. you either switch states or it's one kind of continuous route across the country. Is it kind of um, like GTA or is it more like No, no. It's, oh, it's, a, it's just a racing. You're thing. locked onto the road. Oh, I oh. remember it now. And then there's cops that follow you. Yeah, it's like if Road Rash or any kind of like Ooh, uh, Road Rash. But it man. just had it, it had advanced graphics for the time. It was the same mechanics as some of the other games, but I think the scenery, the USA landscapes were popping off the screen more uh derek what age were you when you were cruising the arcade man it was i didn't mean to do that (laughs) yeah you did no i didn't (laughs) you know it was at golf land on like a field trip at school so i had to have been middle school no not not even uh, you weren't like going on the weekends no no i wasn't allowed 
Oh, okay. Um, it, I was like nine or ten. Yeah. I want. I want to say that maybe but eleven. You, I don't. I don't know that we were like going on a weekly basis, but it feels uh-uh. like we were going like once a month to the mall. Like the arcade that that we went to the most was in a mall, and we would have other business there. <laughs> and other we would end, we would get to not I mean we wouldn't our parents would <laughs> and then we would get to hang out in the arcade for a couple hours um yeah i don't really remember going to the arcade that much oh maybe i went by myself maybe it was after your <laughs> uh magic tournament oh boy uh, we'll get there eventually i'm sure yep okay <laughs> big magic the gathering phase so let's get back on track to the movie uh ashley was there one thing in particular you loved or hated about this flick I like the CGI. Okay. Did you, uh, so it was the first full length science fiction film to feature film to film um, scene using CGI, which is also very cool. What, what was that again? It was, the, it was the first full length science fiction feature to have a scene using CGI, like um, from cut to cut. Like it wasn't just like interspersed with other things that they have a full CGI effect. And that would have been like one of the, the space battle scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, yeah. I, I noticed it the most early on when they first, I think it's either maybe when Centauri is pulling up to the Starfleet ship or whatever, or like there was something when they should, yeah, they zoomed out and they showed the whole, the whole like star setup, and mm-hmm. it looks like they showed them docking from a distance and stuff. It was clearly CGI, but not in a bad way. I mean, it yeah. blended with the video game, which was kind of like clever. In the sense yeah. that the, the graphics you were seeing were the graphics from <laughs> from a 1980s video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and like initially, the like the in other movies, like the backdrops and like spaceship models we used. And so yeah, we'll kind of cool see like this was all like computer programs and like electronic pixels and all that cool stuff. Y- so yeah, cool. and I mean they were definitely that's that's one of the things that we obviously can't appreciate in present day, but at the time, even compared to something like Star Wars, which was a big hit because of its. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, in like the late 70s, when the first Star Wars came out, they were doing things that people hadn't seen before, like in space uh, fighting scenes. But by this time, there had been so many Star Wars clones that this movie was still sort of uh, ahead of its time on how much CGI it used, apparently. So that's that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, on a related note, I really liked uh, the scene where they introduced the villain, Zer. Uh, he's like this big floating blue head that's doing sort of FaceTime <laughs> head <Yeah>. time <laughs> with the, 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 his dad's ship. So not to get bogged down in the plot machinations, machinations. Um, but like he breaks from his dad and from the, and starts a rebel, a rebel force against him. Right. That's his dad, right? Yeah. That's his dad. But the rebel force didn't even want him. He was just like put in charge of them. Yeah, I guess just because he had secrets from uh, family secrets. Yeah. yeah, I kept that whole part out of the 15 second. <laughs> it was, I mean, we'll get to some of the problems, I'm, I'm sure as well. I thought it was, yeah. I thought the visual of his big blue floating head was cool. And mm-hmm. then um, he, to show his dominance, he captures, he has already captured one of the spies from the good guys. And he like uh, activates this, this, uh, Sort of like when you're in a beauty salon and they put the the thing over your hair to dry it, he activates that and it melts the dude's face and blood comes out of his eyeballs briefly, but it was cool. Yeah, that was actually um, toned down a little bit. Ah, the PG yeah. versus 
<laughs> so they're yeah. too graphic and they're gonna make it r because of that scene so it's wow. supposed to have like the entire head just like melting away instead of just like it's starting to melt and then kind of cut off or whatever it's just, just like melt and drip into them what really sucks about that is that they that was obviously a stand standout effect practice mm -hmm. a practical effect that that i thought looked cool and stuck out from the rest of the movie that means they spent even more time filming it i mean they there was more to it that we didn't yeah. get to see which is unfortunate because they they actually went through the trouble to make it but yeah anyway um derek is there anything you want to highlight good or bad oh hell yeah <laughs> oh no so the graphics is what i would call them mm -hmm. um were awesome i mean they they don't look that great there's not a lot of textures in the you know in what they're showing you but it reminded me of this game called descent hmm. it's one of the first video games i ever saw on a computer and it's <laughs> essentially very similar uh just more star warsy it's a space game yeah yeah it's space um spaceship game nice um so the graphics were dope in a in a good and bad way <laughs> also centauri mm -hmm. is a super old guy right did you guys, did you see him take his eyeballs out and clean them? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, so um, he had eyeball replacements. <laughs> I mean, they had, they had technology where they could duplicate people. They could like completely transform their faces. It's kind of, um, what, what did you think of the, like the people effects? Like most of those were real models that they're using. They're like makeup. Uh, yeah, effects. I thought the prosthetics for Greg were awesome. Mm, that's sort of the sidekick for for uh, Alex. Is he mm -hmm. a lizard man? What is he? He calls well, he him like a, a. He calls him a. Is a salamander? No, what is this? Iguana. Oh yeah, okay. it's kind of like he has like a shell. It almost looks like he has a shell on top of his head, but he's all brown. But like the way that things indent, he kind of just, yeah, he looks kind of like reptilian. It was kind of cool. Like in the in the Starfighter like command center. They had humans, which the main difference of them, well, not humans, people that looked like earthlings had just like bigger heads. I guess their brains were overdeveloped. <laughs> Receding hairlines. Yeah, yeah no. And they were no, all bald-ish. They, they all had the horseshoe going on um, <laughs> in a big fat dome. Yeah. <laughs> and then they had, yeah, they had whatever species uh, Grig was and then a couple other. And then they, they, what was the evil species called? I don't actually i don't know they smell bad i know that yeah much. they have like a weird smell to them but i they were like upside down faces that look like sting like um a hammerhead shark yeah that's yeah a good, it's like upside down that's a good comparison so since we're talking about um the people in the movie let's go to our next segment choose your character so Imagine you're at the arcade. <laughs> this is a little weird this week because we are talking about a movie where there is an arcade game. But when we go into this arcade to play the last Starfighter video game, <laughs> we're going to have to not make it the same video game that they play in the movie because then there would only be two characters or one. I think there's a pilot and then there's a gunner. Mm -hmm. um, so let's make it more of an open world role playing game where you know you're you're going through different like layers of communication on the ship and you are bouncing through sort of like the legend of zelda but in space so 
Got with it. that in mind, Ashley, um, are there any characters that really uh, you really related to? I was just going to choose my favorite character, but now that you set up the scenario, um, it's going to be a little different. No, you can. It still makes sense. We're, you, this is just like a role playing game. So. Okay. Well, I choose Beta Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You can be back on Earth um, getting into uh, taking your head off and getting into shenanigans with. And learning uh, how to laugh. Yeah. So explain, explain what Beta Alex is. Sure. So Alex, the main character, gets called off into space to defend the frontier. Um, and Beta Alex takes his place as like a robot that looks exactly like him. So a beta version of him. Mm -hmm. And he tries to assimilate with his friends and interact. And it's just very, very funny and very comical. And he's really just trying to help Alex and make sure that people think the last starfighter is dead and that he's really the starfighter. So they come after him to Earth. So this is going to be a little awkward. But, oh, no. <laughs> but... I, no. not as awkward not as awkward as it could be i oh, no. am <laughs> i am going with the maggie character who plays <laughs> who plays alex's girlfriend not beta alex's girlfriend yeah um, but maggie tries to hook up with beta alex too that's on you um Ugh. oh wait that's Gross. on me never mind that's on you <laughs> well yeah because i think it's alex yeah but he's acting all weird and she's just like rubbing a flower on him what is wrong with her well, the reason I'm going with Maggie, um, and I'll defend, I'll defend uh, that side of things a little more. But this, the actress who plays uh, the Maggie character in this movie, Catherine Mary Stewart, who has had a really long career, um, a lot of character acting roles from uh, the '70s up, up until the 2000s. So great career. And most importantly, in uh, November of 1984, she starred in The Night of the Comet, which is a personal favorite of mine. It's a zombie movie. It's amazing. Yeah, we're going to be watching it for the podcast, so we don't need to uh, talk about the plot. But I'll just, I'll just mention that in the opening of the movie, she is playing an arcade game and she has all the the top scores on the game so it's but are sort we of going a spinoff by, but aren't we going by characters like in this movie though so i feel like that's unfair i can't separate i um, feel like you break all the rules when you do this <laughs> i mean the rules of of common decency and uh and uh, game logic yes but um <laughs> it can't be a coincidence that she like learned from alex and now is like a video game pro in her own right and a uh -huh. uh, machine gun expert but we'll get we'll get to that so okay. i just don't think it's that weird because beta alex fortunately gets blown to smithereens your character yeah. you and say fortunately then, <laughs> fortunately for maggie so she doesn't have to be confused anymore about which one <laughs> <laughs> which one to be with um and then she uh stays with the real alex so i don't think it's weird at all okay fine um derek who are you i thought you'd never ask oh no can we guess <laughs> alex <laughs> are you maggie too <laughs> uh what's his name greg 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 is a navigator so i am choosing greg okay that makes sense um i don't want to get ahead of ourselves but one of the tropes is the ace pilot um people like han solo who are there obviously um taking inspiration from here tom cruise is maverick and top gun 
But what's interesting about this movie um, and this character and the Alex character is that he's actually not a pilot. He, because of the way the video game is set up, um, he is the the missile man. He's the 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 shooter, and Derek, uh, Derek's character Greg, is the one who's doing the 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 slow motion maneuvers to avoid the, <laughs> the <laughs> missiles until the crazy maneuver you pull off at the end. Man. Yeah, that was can, nice. Can you walk us through that, Greg? Um, I actually fell asleep in the last oh. 20 minutes of the film. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't, I don't oh know. Oh my so gosh. Can you walk me through that, please? Uh, let's, I'll let Ashley do it. Okay. It's so, a good analogy. Oh, not, oh, yeah. I was like, what, what did I say? Uh, so basically, it's this ultimate secret move, but it just looks like the spaceship's breakdancing. And do like <laughs> it's do like crazy twists and like shooting like missiles everywhere and just like moving around, but it stays in the same like general location. So you really could just shoot at it and you would still hit it. Well, but it's like so it goes fast. from being able to fire like one round mm-hmm. every couple seconds to just a machine gun from every direction shooting out, shooting out and, and takes out like dozens of enemy fighter fighter ships with this one move. But they have to yeah. charge up for it. They have to kind of like you know, stretch and stuff beforehand. Mm-hmm. So it makes they sense. They could have overheated the ship and destroyed both of them. They didn't did know. He, did he use that maneuver in the game itself? We don't see, it would have been, it would have made sense for that. them to show it like in the game. No, because it's like a secret attack. Like you want to, I would, I'm kind of yeah. excited that I didn't get to see what it looked like beforehand. That's true. It was a, it was a good payoff. I just thought it could have been like uh, teased or a callback to something, mm-hmm. you know, we knew was coming. So. Uh, are there any other interesting characters that we want to highlight? Like Centauri, um, the guy who recruits him. We talked a little bit about him. He's very uh, hammy. I thought he was great. You liked him? Yeah, yeah same here. I, I almost chose him as my favorite actor, actually. Or my favorite character. Yeah. Um, but he's just, yeah, he's almost like a used car salesman in a sense, but he's a recruiter that gets the last drive right there. But I thought he was, I really liked him. I liked his character. I didn't like Greg because he kept doing that like cowardly lion laugh, like too much, like that. <sighs> I can't even do it. Uh, <laughs> it was so annoying. I was like, could you not do this every scene? He was also, I thought I, I wrote down in our notes here, C, C3PO ripoff because mm-hmm. he was doing this kind of like unaffected. Um, I'm not like emotional about what's about to happen. If, if we, I've always wanted to be in a battle where, the odds are this stacked against us. He was just being like, <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, non-human about He's a badass. He's not human. <laughs> he is not human. Yeah, I know. And then Alex was being very, supposedly very relatable. He was like, mm-hmm. uh, Alex says to Greg, "It's going to be a slaughter." And Greg's like, "Yeah, awesome." And Alex is like, "No, my slaughter." Yeah. <laughs> so... Victory or death. Yeah. Centauri did have the best line of the movie, in my opinion. Um, he says to Alex, "You can bet your asteroids you'll be seeing more of those." It's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty I, good. It was also, <laughs> on a different note, it was Centauri's Robert Preston's last movie. Ah, he. Uh, what's What's funny about that is uh, to jump through the last thing that Derek slept through. The movie ends on a clear like setup for more movies they bring Centauri mm-hmm. back from the dead he's like oh you think I would uh not I would I would miss all the action and and then he's like <laughs> come on Alex let's have some more adventures yep 
And then uh, how many sequels did this movie have? None. Okay. But they Last tried, so they were going to make a sequel and it was supposed to be like 25 years later and then it just never. Didn't that happened. happen? What other movie of ours did that happen with? A lot of them. They wanted it to be set like way in the future. Oh, there's two of them out of the ones we've watched. Oh, I can't remember. Two of them are supposed to be in the future. Oh, was it Ghostbusters? No, it no. was a movie that must have been, it was a sequel and it was supposed to be set like way in the future, but that just wasn't, wasn't feasible for the, for the budget. Um, I think that's enough of characters. Let's <laughs> go on to our breaking news segment. This just in. Ooh. All right, I've got a fun fact this week from 1984. In July of 1984, our reigning president, Ronald Reagan, called ice cream a, quote, nutritious and wholesome food and established National Ice Cream Month, leading to a slippery slope of <laughs> every day has to be National um, Twizzler Day, National Toe Pedicure Day, National um, Beret Day. Beret day. That sounds fun. Yeah, very fun. So <laughs> I don't know. Do you consider ice cream nutritious and wholesome or was he in, was he getting paid to say that? By I'm getting paid to say that for sure. Yeah. I mean, sugar is a drug, so whatever. Oh, it, it depends on what kind of ice cream. If it's like uh, meats and veggies ice cream. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a good one. Uh, gross. <laughs> yeah. So we're, um, we're going to get a lot more news uh, about the presidential race in 1984 as as we uh as the weeks go on (laughs) but for now let's uh let's talk about the box office last week we watched a movie that was pretty far off the radar but now we're back into um back into theaters and we can see ghostbusters and gremlins number one and two Woo! Typical. they are both in their sixth week of release yeah incredible um ghostbusters is pulling away from gremlins a little bit but the last starfighter uh in a in fewer theaters came in just behind gremlins um so a pretty a pretty solid debut it was uh the budget for this movie was something like 15 million and Mm -hmm. it doubled that so it was a financial success uh, as far as the rest of the box office goes, Karate Kid is uh, at number four. Indiana Jones is still in the mix. Conan, yeah, it's at number nine. Gone. Hanging oh. in there. <laughs> no. um, we had to say goodbye to Breakin' last week, I think it was. Uh, but had a good run. Never know. It'll, it'll either be back or um, the sequel will be coming, <laughs> coming to theaters <laughs> any, any day now. So, Ashley, um, since this movie did pretty well uh, on its opening weekend, maybe because it was a space, you know, epic space movie, they had highish expectations. How was it received critically? Uh, overall, overall, well, but kind of mixed. So, mm. um, so I'll read a review from Roger Ebert, favorite. Um, the Last Starfighter is a well-made movie. The special effects are competent. The acting is good, but the final spark was missing. The final burst of inspiration that might have pulled all these concepts and inspirations and retreads together into a good movie. So, missed the mark for him. It he it didn't stick the landing. Yeah, didn't. I, I feel like the last forty five minutes or so 
<laughs> what was weird about the pacing of the movie, um, and we talked about this weirdly in the theater, was that it takes about 15 or 20 minutes. It's pretty pretty minimal setup for Alex to get his record and then Centauri to show up and take him take him into space, like right then, right after he does it. Um, he gets on the spaceship, but then he just leaves and he goes home for like another 30 minute chunk. And then he goes back into space and man, that just really kind of drags. So I'm, yeah, I'm with Ebert there. Yeah. And then um, another critic says the rousing kind of kid flick that inspires 10 year old boys to grab broomsticks, storm the neighborhood hill and go nuts and pretend aliens with ridiculous faux karate moves, which I think is pretty. I mean, if I was 10 watching this, I'd be pretty pumped about it. That's that's Same. what I yeah. Would you, Derek? Hell yeah. I don't see anything wrong with that one. <laughs> see, what I don't know. What I don't get though is like uh, that's exactly what I was describing my my coworker's reaction because I was a uh, I was imagining he's he was around around that age. But like I don't know. I guess I guess if you're like looking up to your older brother as the Alex character, like like because there's a kid in the movie who has an older brother. Lewis. I mean Alex has a younger brother. Mm-hmm. So I guess that makes sense. I don't know. I just don't feel like this, the video game element of this would have gotten me hyped up. I also liked the effects. It's, but it's, it's unrealistic in a sense of like stakes. Like you don't care about the outcome of the space battles. Like yeah. I didn't leave the movie like happy they won, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, I was kind of pumped up. Yeah, about the that's winning. good. There are certain aspects to it that stick out, kind of like Back to the Future for me is like the hoverboard and playing an arcade game in the future, which they do in Back to the Future too. just little tiny things. Mm-hmm. So the, the beta Alex storyline is interesting. I agree. I mean, I it, it, or it's just it's it, it, I don't know. It's exciting while he's off in space and then you've got something going on down on Earth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. But. Well, I mean, as far as pure wish fulfillment, I think the premise of the movie is brilliant. It's like the the Ashley summed it up perfectly. But the premise is basically um, this guy is so good at a video game that he gets to be that he gets to do the video game in real life. Like anybody that's gotten really into a video game that's not just like straight up um, uh, Resident Evil or something would love to want to like get to to be a uh cruising usa driver like get to be the best version like as good at as good at the real life thing as you are at the arcade thing and get to do something fantastical that's that's cool i i almost think they should have like made it more um disconnected from reality like when he goes into space he could have just been in sort of a simulator or something like not in not make it try to feel like he was really in the ships. I don't know. Um, I would have been, oh, they like, could have. I like that part about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud. So mm-hmm. do you have any more reviews? Oh, no, I do not. I was just going to say that when you're bringing up like a kid, like beating a game, this whole like thing happening to him in a whole nother realm and world and all of that. So that's how the screenwriter kind of, he got an idea for this whole movie. So he saw a kid at a video arcade, like playing a video game. And then he was also reading the Once and Future King, which is like the sword and the stone, stone story. Hmm. And so he saw that and he tried to put them together. And he was like, what if it like a boy like reached, like beat this video game and then something like crazy ripple effect happened across right. the universe. So that's how he kind of like got up the whole idea. 
which is pretty that, cool. That that make yeah. So it's not even like it's a story that transcends the video game world. It's like uh, yeah, uh, they even reference Excalibur in the yeah. in the movie. So like planting some kind of device on on Earth to find like whoever's special enough to 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 wield it um is every like kid's dream come true that they're special well turns out (laughs) a dream only comes true in movies any other trivia ashley so um the director nick castle was really good friends with john carpenter Ooh, tell me more nice so he did play a couple key roles for him in a very well-known horror movie Hmm. any guesses who he was Michael Myers, perhaps? He was. Yeah. So he played, which is credited as The Shape, which is interesting. Yep. You know. um, yeah, so he played Michael Myers. Um, so Lance Guest, who plays Alex Rogan, the main character, was also chosen because he was in Halloween 2 and Nick Castle saw him. He was like, oh, who's that? Like, maybe we should use him. And John Carpenter's like, yeah, he's great. And so that's how he got this role, with not really even auditioning. Oh, he, did you think he was great? Um, Beta Alex was better. He was actually fine. I, yeah, he was. Yeah. He didn't annoy me or anything. Like uh, there was a lot of uh, anti. Uh, what's uh, what's the guy's name from Gremlins? Uh, I don't even remember. Zach. Yeah. Anyway, the main know. that's his real name. Yeah. Anyway, the main guy character in Gremlins was was a pretty like uh, unemotive, dead faced actor. Mm-hmm. Not to <laughs> not to <laughs> twist the, the knife more. A weeks later. So this guy wasn't, that wasn't the problem. It was more like story problems for me. Um, so. Yeah. And then, um, Zer, your floating head, um, was also, was offered up to a more famous actor who's quite hilarious, who was quite hilarious as a hint. Any hmm. guesses? They're, they offered, uh, Emilio Estevez. No, he was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he was a comedian and an actor. Ooh, um, Andy Kaufman. He was in. He was in Dead Poet Society. Robin Williams. Yep. So he passed on that, but he would have been great as Zerg. Ooh, yeah. Zerg was supposed to be campy. Um, mm-hmm. I think like he made a few. He was supposed to be a a feeble leader, like you said. Like they were only using him to get uh, information and. As soon as they didn't need him anymore, they they overthrew him. But yeah, um, one more little thing. Sure. So Atari produced a game for its 5200 Super System um, for the of uh, the last Starfighter to tie in with the movie, but they never went past the prototype phase. Because the games were nothing like the arcade machine that Alex played in the film, so they couldn't get that technology. That that ties perfectly into um, the another one of the tropes, which is creating a fictional video game for a movie. It's um, an elaborate trope. It's very like yeah. Well, like in Black Mirror, they make Bandersnatch. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's due to like a rights issue where they'll make a clone of an existing game. Mm-hmm. But th- I was really that's what I was wondering. Like the the graphics of the game seemed advanced for the time. So is that what you're saying? They they probably couldn't make this game at the time. Yeah, they couldn't. Apparently, the technology couldn't produce real time like 3D graphics on right. like a, ho- a home machine. So they're like, "All right, never mind." Oh, but they could have made maybe the arcade version. Yeah, it just wouldn't look like the one that he was playing. Yeah, interesting. They wouldn't want it. 
Um, same goes for action figures. They were going to make those as well. And then they didn't produce them because they didn't think that retailers would pick them up because they didn't think the film would be successful. <laughs> so <laughs> if that's any... <laughs> they dodged a bullet there. Yeah. Well, kind of. I think that they could have... I mean, Griggs really the only interesting looking character. <laughs> well, the bad guys. Yeah, but we don't really need a Centauri action figure. No. Um, definitely don't need Maggie action figure. That's that's creepy. Um, so let's go ahead and um, since we're talking about like the topic of, of uh, video games and movies, let's move on to our favorite segment. Yeah. Rank the blank. Ready? Go. So our category this week is best video game player from a movie. This is not best video game movie adaptation. It's when someone is playing video games in a movie and we're going to assess their skill level. So this is inspired by the main character of this movie, Alex, um, using his incredible video game skills to take down an entire fleet of alien fighters in uh, The Last Starfighter. So, Derek, um, can you play a little clip of Alex playing the game? That's what we want. (laughs) (laughs) This is when everyone's gathering around. The whole trailer park is so pumped up. Yeah, so Alex is clearly a really good video game player. He sets the high score on this fictional game. His girlfriend, Maggie, (laughs) months later in Night of the Comet, is playing Tempest. And she has all the top slots on that. I think Tempest is an actual uh, video game from the time period. And she's got the top six spots. We actually get to see her playing the game. So I'm going to go ahead and say she is a million times better than him. But that's just a rough estimate. <laughs> um, Ashley, are you fami- familiar with the, the movie War Games? No, I am not. I, I, I watched this a bunch growing up. We must not have seen it together. Derek, do you know, you know what it is? Yeah, I think so. It, so. At the very end, there's like a kid in like a super secret, uh, like rocket facility trying to like override a computer yeah it's 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 a good movie it holds up so matthew broderick is really young Uh, i mean he's like a teenager and he is a computer hacker he's a gamer but the games are like the type that you just um enter commands into basically so he's playing this like uh global thermonuclear war simulation and uh accidentally starts a real uh, thermonuclear war between the U.S. and Russia, so he has to. They have to like bring him in to stop the game from spiraling out of control. Um, has anyone seen Tron? I have not. Yeah, <laughs> I meant to watch it this week. Derek, have you seen it? Yeah, you guys have never seen Tron. No. Nope. Oh man. Okay. Well, what no. about the remake? Nope. Nope. Wow. Okay. <laughs> 
So all I know from Tron, I figured we had to include it because uh, Jeff Bridges, his character owns an arcade and basically gets pulled into the game sort of like Last Starfighter style and must be good enough at video games to successfully win the movie Um, (laughs) because (laughs) there's other ones. So Ashley, I know this one you've heard of. There's uh, Fred Savage's little brother. Are they brothers or is he just like a kid that lives near... He's just a kid that like lost his family. Yeah, Jimmy. I think he's yeah, Jimmy. Um, yeah. so that's the wizard. Yep. And that's where he has a power glove, right? So his rival, Lucas, in the wizard. Mm-hmm. I actually just watched this before we were even preparing for this, like a week ago. It was on. Um so Lucas is the the kid who's got like curly blonde hair and he's mm-hmm. like the best at video games. Um Jimmy's so quiet he doesn't even talk. Uh, but they are traveling to like this movie is wish fulfillment for kids on multiple different levels because one, they get to play video games all the time. And two, they run away from home and it's like a kids on the road type movie. As far as their video game skills, Jimmy wins the tournament in Vegas and plays, uh, I think they're playing super Mario brothers three, uh, pre-release. So he's obviously really good. Um, you're forgetting one big part of the wizard. Oh, what is it? What? Jenny Lewis. You love Jenny Lewis. Yes, I do. Jenny (laughs) Lewis was in that film. Yeah. And there's also the dinosaurs from Palm Springs. What? When you drive. So I grew up in Arizona. So when you would drive from Arizona to Cali, you would pass by these huge dinosaurs that you can go into. Cool. And that's part of the, the film. That is a really cool little detour that they go on. I've I've seen those too on some kind of uh, California Highway One uh, road trip. Um, next up, I just watched this movie the other night as well, uh, King of Kong. So, have y'all heard of this? No. <laughs> <laughs> this is a recent, well, a 2006 documentary about this dude Billy Mitchell who had the the record in in uh donkey kong since 1982 and then this other this other kind of like um straight laced teacher guy is trying to take the record away from him and there's just billy is an ultimate like villain derek uh i think we have a, a clip that might capture his his character what do you think my three initials were if you don't know you're not looking hard enough t-i-e no which one was I wearing yesterday? The American. USA. USA. So I had Latin friends and I had Canadian friends and I always had to keep the Americans on top. So, that's, <laughs> that's just a, like basically the whole documentary. He doesn't even play video games. So he's he's probably disqualified. But if if you saw the movie, you would you would get a, a taste of like how devious and and uh fun of a character he is so um has anyone seen the movie swingers yes finally (laughs) okay (laughs) um there's a really fun scene in swingers where vince vaughn and his friends are playing nhl 93 i think uh and um here's some of their like banter <laughs> oh, bitch! Just who wise Gretzky on his ass again? Gretzky's a little bitch. God, this is such bullshit, man. This is bullshit. The Kings suck in this game. You should play another team. 
So <laughs> the reason Vince Vaughn qualifies for this category is because he knows uh, how to make Gretzky's head bleed for one. And he knows like um, some of the, the more like secret moves in, in the, the hockey game. And an important part of uh being a video game player is trash talk, right? Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Ashley, um, why don't you take us through the the next one? Ooh, yeah. So so the whole dance dance revolution yep. thing <laughs> yeah. that I've also never played, but I've just watched a lot of people play it. Um, so you can see that in Scott Pilgrim. Is it Scott Pilgrim versus the world? I think so. Yep. And then the Karate Kid remake. And then Grandma's Boy, which I love. And that scene basically is these video programmers um, challenging each other to the new machine they got called DDR. And the older programmer's like, oh, yeah, I've never heard of this game. And he steps on it and just kicks the other kid's ass in it. And he's like, oh, yeah, what's this game? What's high score mean? And then he leaves. It's amazing. Oh, okay. You love this movie, right? Yeah. The whole movie is about how good they are at video games. So whoever you want to nominate from that movie would 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 qualify. Uh, I, in all my research that I do for for these these shows, I uh, wanted to be thorough, and <laughs> instead of watching Tron, I watched Pixels, um, the Adam Sandler, Kevin James, uh, Peter Dinklage movie where Atari game Atari and Nintendo characters from space invade earth and because uh adam sandler used to be really good at video games and kevin james is randomly the president of the united states um he brings his best friend uh adam sandler into the white house and has him figure out how to stop the alien uh, invaders um they're Sounds actually, like a terrible movie well i mean that's that's not the category for one <laughs> <laughs> and two, their whole, you know, the whole premise of the movie is that he's so good at video games that they he's the only one who can stop the aliens. Sounds familiar. Yeah, exactly. It's uh it's a more common theme than than I realized until we were looking into this. Uh a couple of honorable mentions before we we pick our favorites. So there's a classic scene, speaking of John Carpenter, uh, where Kurt Russell is playing a computer chess in the the uh, the remote base that they're on. And he gets frustrated when the, the computer game beats him, so he just dumps his drink in it. Uh, so obviously he, he can't <laughs> wins win. Wins immediately. Yeah. He kind of wins. He kind of wins because he's Kurt Russell. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Derek, uh, I, know, I know you wanted us to include uh marty mcfly from back to the future you mentioned that ashley uh you wanted to mention ready player one yeah that's all you can just mention it okay let's uh <laughs> let's go ahead and pick our uh nominees for best video game player from a movie this isn't your favorite movie it's who we uh, think is actually the best okay i'm still gonna go with now that i know his name alex Okay. Um, from Grandma's Way. He's not, a video. Pro I mean, he's a video. Not Alex from Last Starfighter, but he's a video game programmer. He looks for mistakes in games and then he fixes them. So he like has the inner workings and knowledge. So I feel like he's pretty competent and very good. Yeah, um, Derek. I'm not going to let you go. Be able to go last this time. So who's your nominee? 
Uh, we didn't give it too much uh, context, but I will be Elijah Wood in Back to the Future too. <laughs> I would say Matthew Broderick is a strong contender, contender as well for more games. But um, that's all for the Rank the Blank this week. Let's move on to awards. Ashley, did this movie win any Saturn Awards? And what is a Saturn Award? Sure. So it did not win any Saturn Awards, but it was nominated. Um, so Saturn Awards are basically Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror. Um, and it was established back in 1972. Okay. So did it, background. And does it continue on until today? It does. Yep. It's still yeah. going on. Um, and so Robert Preston was nominated um, as the Best Supporting Actor. I feel like... Um, and he plays Centauri for anyone. That's I mean, I'm not going to... Compl- I'm not going to rain on on that parade. I, I he was fun. I'm sure it, he had a lot of fun doing it. It was his last movie role. Rest in peace, mm-hmm. uh, Robert. I mean, good. I'm happy. And I'm he happy the, he was recognized. Yeah, and he was the music man, so a lot of people know. Obviously, knew him from that. Uh-huh. So, um, and then it was also nominated for a Young Artist Award for mm. Chris Hebert, and he played the little kid, his little brother Lewis. He he won. He was nominated for what kind of award? He was just not Sorry. a young artist award. Oh right, I think we've yeah. had a couple of a couple of those before. But guess who he lost out to? Um, I'll give you a hint. He was in Repo Man, and I, we talked about this already. He was uh, Derek's character. Yeah. Oh wait, the young <laughs> artist was the bum under the bridge. Yeah. How young was he? Like in his forties? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not entirely sure how he lost out to. I don't know Could how that. Been works. Drew Barrymore. Didn't she get nominated? She did get nominated, but she didn't. Tracy Walter won. Huh. Yeah. So I'm not really sure. Um, but those were really only the. And the other nomination was just the Hugo Awards, which is a literary award for the best science fiction and fantasy. Hmm. Um, and that was. You lost see those to, for, for books a lot. Yeah. And so that I lost to 2010 Odyssey 2. Oh. So didn't win for that okay. either. <laughs> I, I wanted to do uh, to focus on the Saturn Awards mostly going forward because the mm-hmm. types of movies that we're watching seem to it's a it's in, it's interesting that um, they uh, the Razzies I, like I've said before that's kind of it's not the really fun yeah. yeah it's not really fun to just pick the worst at things mm-hmm. uh, but something that focuses specifically on genre films and sci-fi yeah. and stuff is 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 pretty cool. Um, even more specific than that are Ashley Awards. <laughs> so it's having a trouble because <laughs> I want to do something like punny, like out of this world or like, uh-huh. I don't know. So it's kind of funny, but I just went with the Pew Pew Award. <laughs> oh, Pew Pew. Pew Pew Award. You know, just simple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, high Pew count. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My favorite prop, I know you're dying to know, was oh. um, from Zur's uh weapon he carries around this scepter just to kind of mm-hmm. look like he's important um yeah. it's a silver you know um scepter <laughs> but <laughs> the the aliens uh that he's he's uh cozied up with call him out and they say like oh you're gonna need to have more than a scepter to demonstrate your power and he grips it tighter and a spike shoots out of the end not like shoots out but like uh uh comes out like a switchblade so he doesn't even stab anyone he just like, no. hits someone in the head with it yeah he doesn't really use it um yeah. it's a prop <laughs> yeah he's holding on to it the entire movie yeah it's a prop like in the in the literal sense and in, in his character's case 
Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about the 80s-ness of this 84 release. I had an idea that we could uh, rank these movies on a scale of 1 to 84. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> so 1 being not system. 80s at all and 84 being the most. Okay. Um, the 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 kind of the variables that we look for are things like wardrobe and sound and special effects mm-hmm. who's in it story um where do you want to start um so let's start with the hair Ooh, okay <laughs> so it's all very fair faucet-esque uh your main your favorite character yeah. maggie as well <laughs> as um normal alex and not beta alex yep but it was really like, fluffy and like very fair faucet. But Maggie's was kind of, we were talking about it when we were at the movie and she kind of has a mullet. I don't know if you noticed that. Little mullety. The bangs go bar, bar pretty go back pretty far, like a mullet. So. It's feathery. I don't know if you understand the difference between bangs and a mullet. Um, oh, I but... do. <laughs> wait till you see her hair in Night at the Comet. That's all I'll say for Can't now. Can't wait. So, so hair. Um, high. 80s, very high. Um, I mean, I just want to rank it because I'm going to say I, out of 84, I'd give it like a 33. Huh. Well, I would go way higher because um, the arc- the the whole movie being based on an around an arcade game like was an 80s was a super 80s thing. Um, the it being set in space and and be kind of being kind of like a Star Wars inspired uh, space opera, super mm-hmm. 80s. Uh, the actors, I mean, maybe middle middle of the road in their 80s-ness. But yeah. one thing I was disappointed by was the lack of, of either um, soundtrack, like actual music playing or a score at all throughout the movie. Yeah. There's a theme <laughs> at the beginning and the end, but they really, and they play a radio station for like five seconds at one point, but mm-hmm. I thought it was eerily quiet. Um, but just between the CGI and arcade stuff and that whole vibe, I mean, I'm going to go like in the 70s, you know, I'm going to go 70s? like 70s. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a big scale here. Like you're not even giving it halfway. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say a 70 out of 84. Okay. I mean, also like vernacular, like I don't think that was very 80s either. So we're going to go into like other things, but that's fair. fine. So, I mean, I'll stick with my like, I'll go up like 40s, but that's okay. max. Derek, where are you at? This is a tough one. Uh, wardrobe, 20. Sound, 10. Lighting, 20. So we're at what? You're adding 50. these. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're at 50. 50. <laughs> Not averaging them. The actors, <laughs> seven. So Ooh, 57. Uh, and then add the arcade game in, 15. Oh, yeah. So you're at 62. 70 no 15 73 70 70 something this is very scientific <laughs> i kind of like that though going step by step yeah okay um cool well i think it's you know if we want to compare it to some of the other i I don't know this feels a close to his 80s not like it's not as iconic it didn't didn't you know like penetrate the culture like like a john hughes movie but it was it represents if you're putting it in a time capsule to represent the eighties, I think it, it hits the mark. Mm. So. Okay. What about, um, our recommendations? So this movie has been, it didn't get the sequels that they were hoping for. It was novelized, novelized, novelization eased, eased. 
made into a novel, um, which is a fun thing they used to do with movies where they would just like a popular movie would come out and then they would write a book <laughs> instead of the other way around. Um, so they did that. Video games were attempted and impressively, uh, most impressively, it was an off-Broadway musical. I would have watched that. Yeah, a musical version. I mean, they call Country. it a space opera, the genre. Sweet. That would have been, yeah. What about um, as far as this movie itself? Do you recommend a rewatch, a remake, a sequel? I'm going to say not a rewatch. I think once is good. Unlike Derek, who thought he watched it a billion times and never saw it. Um, maybe I think it'd be cool if Beta Alex didn't die and they had a movie about Beta Alex, like trying to figure out the world. Man, you're really obsessed with Beta Alex. <laughs> I just thought he was like funny and interesting. And it could be with like him and like Alex would still be in space. So his little brother Lewis could hang out with Beta Alex and they could go on adventures together. The movie basically ends uh, with Alex's younger brother on a, a step stool at the arcade console, like watching the the intro to the arcade game. And then in the background is the actual <laughs> the actual <laughs> ship blasting off. But that does set up his brother, his younger mm -hmm. brother to kind of become the next uh, the next recruit. Go figure. Um, yeah. I'm going to go with spinoff because uh, clearly it's it's a little bit like outside the box, but clearly Night of the Comet, Comet was a spinoff. With, uh, <laughs> with Maggie's character, even though she's <laughs> called Regina in Night of the Comet for some reason. Um, I'm going to count it as a spinoff. Not the same character. <laughs> this, since we hadn't seen it, like we always, this happens to us every week, but rewatch uh, isn't the first thing that we should consider. Like, would you just tell someone to watch it in the first place? Probably not. Okay. But your friends would. Um, I think they liked it, but I, I would guess they would say the same thing i think it was fun watching it as a group yeah. together but you don't need to like watch it again or really have someone watch it by themselves i agree i mean derek fell asleep so <laughs> are we going to um put this movie into our new release uh wax museum no. i mean it's different from all the other ones but i wouldn't put it in there yeah i don't think it makes the cut um, all right. Well, it sounds like everyone's ready to move on from the last starfighter and look at our options for next week we have two of them um i'm anticipating you leaning one way but i will give you uh the two different choices so number one both of these movies came out next week uh the first one is the never-ending story mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay all right and then number two is revenge of the nerds oh um have you seen both of these movies yes i have okay um Derek, have you seen them both? I have not. I've seen Revenge of the Nerds. I have never seen the entire Neverending Story film. Oh, I was thinking the other way around. Yeah, I've I've definitely seen Neverending Story more, and it was a uh, an important like childhood movie. Um, Revenge of the Nerds, I think I saw later, and it's 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 important to capture a certain type of comedy that was ever present in mm -hmm. the mid '80s. So I think it's relevant in that respect. Um, I, it has some infamous scenes that yeah. might not hold up, but could be uh, <laughs> uh, ripe Yikes. for some, some uh, tricky conversation. So what are y'all thinking? Never ending or revenge? 
So although I fell as or although I remember this movie being kind of slow and really long and boring, I want to I want to rewatch the Neverending Story. You oh wait you remember Neverending Story being like slow? I feel like it lasted like fourteen hours. It was like never ending. Yeah, I really was just like, oh my gosh, is this done yet? And so <laughs> I want to watch it again to see if I actually like it. Okay, uh, Derek, where, where are you at? Um, the Neverending Story. Okay. Let's All right. let's go with that. Um, how about a little teaser? Ooh. Whoa. Sound, yep, sounds boring. Sounds awesome. The fantasy believed oh. in the legend. This is like Alice in Wonderland meets wish. Or had the Jungle dream. Book. Yeah, talk about crazy effects. <laughs> this is a journey to the hey, a cat in it. <laughs> of the never-ending story. Oh, nice. Next week, we are going to be watching The NeverEnding Story. If Yay. you want to tune in for that, you should subscribe to the podcast by searching New Release 1984 on Spotify, Apple, or any other podcast service you use. That's a wrap. I could have I mean, used a little more of this. Yeah, like more than four, like three minutes of it. <laughs> I mean, not even. Pretty epic sounding. A little derivative. Yeah, very uh, Star Wars.